This is Generation Justice, a multimedia movement that trains youth to harness the power of media for social change. I'm Erwin Rivera. And I'm Kutzpalein Mexica. This week, we're meeting with Adriela Rosco, immigration attorney and advocate at the New Mexico Immigrant Law Center. We will be also speaking with Italia Aranda, the state coalition lead for United We Dream. They'll be discussing updates on the recent Deferred Action for Parents of Americans and Deferred Action for Childhood Rivals ruling by the Supreme Court. Tonight, we are also joined by Wendy Langbrink-Allison, the program manager for New Mexico Crisis and Access Line. Wendy is a suicide prevention trainer and an advocate for crisis awareness. She teaches a five-step action plan for people to support someone developing a mental illness. We'll kick off the show with some tunes. Here's Clandestino by Manu Chao. For years, undocumented parents have been coming to the U.S. in search for a better life. But when they get here and the children grow up, they are often rejected because they are not U.S. citizens. After years of organizing by immigrant rights activists, President Obama managed to pass an executive action called DACA, and they are in the process of passing another one called DAPA. DACA, or Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, is a policy that began in 2012 under President Obama's administration calling for deferred action of certain undocumented youth who came into the U.S. as children. DAPA, or Deferred Action for Parents of Americans, is a policy that began in 2014 to provide temporary relief from deportation and eligibility for work authorization to undocumented parents of U.S. citizens or lawful permanent residents. To talk more about DAPA and DACA, as well as a recent Supreme Court decision, here's Kenny Alonzo with Adriela Rosco and Italia Aranda. Hi, I'm Kenya Alonzo from Generation Justice, and I'm here with Adriel Orozco, an immigration attorney from the New Mexico Immigrant Law Center, and Natalia Aranda, a member of the New Mexico Dream Team. I want to welcome you both to Generation Justice. Thank you. Thank you. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourselves and your organizations? Yeah, so my name is Italia Aranda, and I am the New Mexico State Coalition Lead for the United We Dream National Network. And here locally, I'm working with the New Mexico Dreamers in Action and the New Mexico Dream Team. Both of these organizations are working directly with the immigrant community, and our work is to really uplift the voices of our immigrant community, our undocumented families, and our undocumented youth through engagement, education, and by providing opportunities for self-empowerment. We really want to make sure that our voices are at the forefront of the fight. I'm Adriel Orozco, and I work at the New Mexico Immigrant Law Center. I'm native-born here to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I work at this great organization. It started in 2010, and the reason we started was because in the whole state of New Mexico, there was no organization that worked with low-income immigrants who are facing deportation in immigration court. The immigration court that most people in New Mexico have to go to is in El Paso, which is uh, four, four and a half hours away from Albuquerque. And I'm not sure how many people know this, but immigrants have the right to have an attorney present at immigration court, but if they can't afford one, one isn't appointed to them. So you have situations where even some immigration judges say that three-year-olds have to learn immigration law so they can represent themselves. 
So it, it's a big need in our community. And so our organization advances equity and justice in the immigrant community by providing legal services to low-income immigrants across the state. And we're also engaged in some mentorship and advocacy work, trying to open up more opportunities for immigrant students. And most of our services are free as well. Thank you. Those are great introductions. Would you mind telling us what DACA and DAPA is and what the difference between them is? Yeah. So in 2012, President Obama announced the 2012 DACA program. And it's really a temporary form of relief for certain individuals. Um, There are certain criteria that people have had to have met They had to have been in the United States before they turned 16. They couldn't have an immigration status. Um, And it really grew out of the youth immigrant movement because a lot of youth were putting pressure on the government to act because since it's been around 20 years since the government has actually passed any type of immigration reform. And so now we just have more and more undocumented individuals in our country. And now as more and more of those individuals who are otherwise American, except for their immigration status, are pushing our government to enact changes to the immigration system. And in 2014, there was a push to expand the program and to include more individuals, as well as to include the parents of legal permanent residents and U.S. citizens. So that's the program that's more commonly known as DAPA. And that program is actually not being implemented at the moment. So DACA 2012, people can apply for. They can still apply for that. But DAPA and the expansion of the DACA program, which also happened in 2014, were sued by 26 states. And the Supreme Court recently was deadlocked in four to four. And that means that the program is continuing to be blocked. And so people can apply for that. What would you say the status of immigration is right now in this country? I think immigration is is a topic that has always been highly contested. I think we have to look at the reality and, and look at the status of our community first, right? that a lot of our families are going through family separation because of an an unjust immigration system that really doesn't provide a pathway for a lot of relief for a lot of our, our community members, right? We have very young kids who are being, you know, put into the immigration system and deported. We have families who go into the immigration justice system, are detained, and oftentimes don't have access to a lawyer. So I think right now uh, we definitely need to focus on providing or fighting for a more permanent kind of relief for our undocumented youth and families. Um, While DAPA and and DACA um, have been a great step, it has never been the ultimate goal, right? Um, They don't provide a pathway to citizenship. They only provide temporary relief from deportation. But a lot of our young people and and our parents are still facing the the risk of deportation. So I would say that the status of our immigration system is still still pretty much broken and and come to a halt. And and it's up to us to fight that, right? DACA 2012 didn't happen and, and wasn't implemented because it was given to us. We fought for it. So I think that's the main message that our community community has to have in mind that even though TAPA uh, was blocked in the Supreme Court, that is not the end of our fight. We need to unite and we need to keep fighting for something that protects, um, that gives greater protection um, to 
our families and and always keep in mind the policies right that are affecting our home countries and that are pushing people to migrate in the first place it's not until we address those policies um, at the international level that we're going to start addressing the issue of why people migrate in the first place but here we need to focus on something that provides a bigger form of relief for our undocumented community what can the community do I think the first step is always get informed. Um, There has been, I think after the decision uh, with DAPA um, that took place a couple of weeks ago, I think there has been a lot of fear and then there has been a lot of misinformation. Um, And I think the best way to fight back is to get informed. The next step would be to really seek consultation with a lawyer. Um, You know, we have a lot of really great local organizations that have, you know, have either lawyers that um, can help our immigrant community or that can do referrals. And then that way, if if there's somebody that doesn't qualify for DACA 2012, then they can see if they can qualify for another kind of relief. The third step would be to really make sure that you're not silent, whether it is by sharing your story, joining the fight, right? Um, I think that everything that has happened that has provided some kind of relief for for our immigrant community hasn't happened because, um, you know, our local politicians wanted to give that to us, right? Um, It has happened because uh, our community united and fought back whether it is by sharing your your voice and your story and sharing that very loud um, and without fear. And also through your vote and not just, you know, with the upcoming uh, presidential elections, which are very important, but we also have to keep in mind that at the local level, uh, we have to keep our representatives accountable and we have to make sure that they're fighting for immigrant communities because what happens to the immigrant community and the issues that affects our immigrant community and the community community affects everyone. Economically, it affects the state of our communities, it affects our future. Uh, When we have uh, thriving uh, youth, when we have thriving communities, everyone benefits from that. So definitely educate yourself, unite, and help us fight back. What does the decision made by the Supreme Court mean for immigrants and their families? So the most direct result is that many individuals who are planning on applying for the expansion of DACA or DAPA are unable to apply. because the Supreme Court in a 4-4 decision was unable to make a decision on the case moving forward. Uh, important for people to know that the case was really just on what is called an injunction or what Judge Hannon uh, decided that at the moment he didn't want the programs to go to be implemented because he wanted to uh, see if they were actually lawful. And so the underlying case is still ongoing, but the most immediate impact on immigrant families is that they're unable to apply. We completely understand that we're only a few months away from an election, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the potential candidates um, is a candidate who said that he would get rid of the 2012 DACA program. Mm -hmm. So we're not completely sure. I mean, we're all crossing our fingers and, you know, hoping for our our particular candidate. Um, But we understand that people might be scared about applying for mm-hmm. DACA 2012. So we do suggest that people call either the New Mexico Immigrant Law Center or call an immigration attorney to talk about applying if they haven't applied yet. This is for people who haven't applied for DACA yet. And people who already have DACA and have to renew it, so uh, those individuals have to renew after every two years. We suggest that you keep on renewing. If you also are concerned about renewing, 
please go ahead and call either the Mexico Immigrant Law Center or call an immigration attorney, depending on your situation. Uh, it's better to be informed, and we completely understand that the situation that people are in right now is kind of, you know, you just really don't know what's going to happen. We're, we're still a few months away, so a lot of things can change in a few months in an election. So definitely, definitely take our advice and either call us or call an immigration attorney in your area. Is there anything else you would like to add? Yes. And it goes back to what I was saying of how the community can get involved. Um, so, like I said, education is one of the most crucial aspects in, in whatever decision that you're making. Uh, when you go out to vote, when you're trying to decide if you want to consult with a lawyer to see if you qualify for DACA. So actually, Lista New Mexico, which is a coalition of several organizations here in Albuquerque and New Mexico, has set up several informational forums that people can attend and um, that will provide an opportunity for uh, the community to learn more about what happened in regards to the DACA and DAP extension uh, decision uh, taken by the Supreme Court. Um, and then this will also be uh, a platform for the community to learn more about um, exploring different types of immigration reliefs that they might qualify for. And, and this is also, again, uh, an opportunity for the community to express how they're feeling and, and give their feedback and, and for them to get involved. The New Mexico Dream Team, in collaboration with other organizations around the state, like the New Mexico Dreamers in Action and the Santa Fe Dreamers Project, um, are trying to different areas of the state of New Mexico throughout the summer. We'll be going to Farmington on July 9th and July 30th, and we'll be in Roswell July 16th, August 6th, and August 30th to have DACA clinics entirely free for the community where young people and their families can stop by and see if they could potentially qualify for DACA 2012 as well as ask any other kind of um, questions about any other methods or any other kinds of immigration reliefs. Um, and to learn more about either the informational forum or our Dreams on Wheels initiative, you can go to facebook.com uh, forward slash nmdreamteam. And so two pieces of information for people. Italia had mentioned Listo Nuevo Mexico, which is a statewide coalition focusing on immigrant integration in our state, and particularly on providing timely information about DACA and DAPA and the resources around that. So they can go to listonm.org. Uh, that's the website. Check it out. You know, we're going to still have information regarding the underlying case and anything else that happens uh, with these executive actions. And also, if people are interested in the New Mexico Immigrant Law Center and have any questions, they can go ahead and give us a call at 505-247-1023. You can also go to our website, nmilc.org or Facebook. Thank you, Atalia and Adriel, for taking the time to come in. This was Kenya Alonzo from Generation Justice. I am astounded that in the entire state of New Mexico, there was no organization that worked with low-income immigrants who are facing deportation. Thank you so much, Adriel, for your work helping families who are facing deportation with the New Mexico Immigrant Law Center. Italia, I agree with you that even though DACA and DAPA have been a great start, it has never been the actual goal. We do need to fight harder to give our undocumented parents and youth the peace they need permanently. We thank you both for joining us tonight, and mostly thank you for all the amazing work you you both provide for our community. We appreciate all of the uplifting songs Adriel has shared with Generation Justice. Here's one of the awesome tunes called Ice El Hielo by Santa Cecilia. Eva pasando el trapo sobre la mesa y está 
Dejando que todo brille como una perla Cuando llegue la patrona Que no se vuelva a quejar No sea cosa que la acuse de ilegal The Mexico Crisis and Access Line is a statewide mental health crisis number answered by professional counselors 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Since 2013, the New Mexico Crisis and Access Line has launched a public awareness campaign promoting suicide prevention and launched a peer-to-peer or warm line to provide a listening ear for people before they reach the point of crisis. It also provides after-hours access coverage for providers during evenings, weekends, holidays, and unexpected interruptions of service emergencies. Wendy Linebrink-Allison works directly with the New Mexico Crisis and Access Line and works towards destigmatizing mental illness and having an open conversation about mental disorders. She also teaches a five-step action plan to support someone having an emotional crisis called ALGI. To learn more about mental health first aid, here is Joshua Horton with Wendy Linebrink-Allison. Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Horton with Generation Justice, and I am joined today by Wendy Linebrink-Allison, Program Manager for New Mexico Crisis and Access Line. Welcome, Wendy. Would you please introduce yourself? Good afternoon. My name is Wendy Linebrink-Allison, and I am the Program Manager for the New Mexico Crisis and Access Line, and I'm also a prevention trainer and behavioral health advocate in our community, and I go to communities to train mental health first aid to create people with awareness on how to recognize signs and symptoms so as that we know when we need to engage people with the crisis line. Could you tell us a little bit more about the New Mexico Crisis and Access Line and the service you provide? Yes, so the New Mexico Crisis and Access Line and Peer-to-Peer Warm Line are a community service that's funded through Behavioral Health Services Division that offers the opportunity for people to have somebody to talk to whenever they need it because we are open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. We have master level clinicians answering our calls so they have the training and the expertise to help somebody no matter what their crisis is. It could be depression, it could be anxiety, could be a substance use concern or medication concern, but they have the tools to help people with the least restrictive means possible. So is that no matter what you're calling in for, you're getting a professional on the other end of that phone. And if you are not necessarily the person that's in crisis, but you have a friend or a family member or a coworker or a student that you're concerned about and you need some advice on how can I help this person out, but I don't have a mental health background, so what do I do? Then you can call our crisis line and you can talk to our counselors so as that they can give you the advice that you may want to support your community member that you're reaching out to regarding and they can help you figure out ways to help them that's awesome so you could pretty much address any situation like whether you're the person that's in need or you're trying to help somebody i've been in that position where someone's like having a hard time and you're trying to talk them off the ledge and that's a difficult place to be i've also been on the other side of it like dealing with depression and it's hard for like your family to they don't really know. Like my mom, you know how moms, they want to fix everything, but so, <laughs> there's some things that aren't in their control. That's great that you, you offer help for both sides of the, of the field. Could you explain to us what mental health first aid is exactly and who can be trained? Yeah, so Mental Health First Aid is a community program that is an eight-hour course that allows people to 
begin to understand signs and symptoms of people who may be experiencing mental health concerns. Now, it's not meant to help you diagnose somebody or stigmatize or label somebody, but what it's meant to do is to find a way for you to extend a hand to that person because oftentimes people that are experiencing mental health don't feel as if they can find their voice to ask for help. And so, I mean, think about when you were experiencing some of that. Did you feel like you could ask somebody for help? No. Well, I remember going to the uh, a counseling session. I remember showing up there and I had the stigma like, I shouldn't be here, like this is for crazy people. But that's not the case, you know, like people, it's okay to ask for help, but there's that stigma around it that, uh, oh, you're crazy if you go to a clinic or you talk to somebody, but that's, that's not the case. And that's why we have to come together as a community to yeah, really help eliminate those, those stigmas. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one thing that mental health first aid works for is to help create that community and build on that community to reduce those stigmas and help to find a way to say, it's okay. You know, you don't have to tell me you're struggling right now. You don't have to tell me that you need help because I'm recognizing that something's going on and it's not your norm. And I want to help and I want to Um, be there to encourage you to seek appropriate professional help. But sometimes people just aren't there in their journey to recovery yet. And so by being that person that attends the mental health first aid course, you learn ways to give reassurance and information to encourage people to help themselves to listen non-judgmentally and to uh, see if there's a way that you can potentially figure out ways to help them by assessing where they're at. How much risk are they at? Are they at risk for suicide or are they at risk of harming themselves or somebody else? And mental health first aid takes you through different steps to support you through the action plan, which is ALGE, assessing for risk of suicide or harm, listening non-judgmentally, giving reassurance and information, encouraging appropriate professional help, and encouraging self-help and other support strategies. That's like important work, you know, because you really like coaxed people maybe into getting help instead of like, you know, you need help. Like, we're going to put you in this, you know, so it really eases that transition into getting people help. Why is mental health first aid important to you? Because I am somebody that's in long-term recovery and I have lived experience and I've been that person that experienced depression and anxiety or, and needed somebody to help me because I couldn't help myself. And, you know, it's not that they needed to tell me what I needed to do. It's that I needed them to, to say, I'm worried about you. And have you thought about this rather than, you know, continuing to say, oh, you should do this and you should do that and you should do this because when people are telling us what to do, our defenses start to go up. And when we're already feeling bad about ourselves, then that just sometimes can make us feel worse about ourselves. And mental health first aid teaches you how to kind of reduce the impact that you might have when you're asking to help somebody out by teaching you tools that are evidence-based to show that there are alternative ways to help people rather than just making them feel like they should be doing something. And I think like when I was going through my funk last summer, um, I was having a really hard time. And I think my mom was waiting as long as she could to to say something to me. But it was like it was Fourth of July, actually. And my whole family's outside and I was in my room like by myself because I, I just didn't want to be apart. And I remember she came to my room and she's like, Josh, I, I think 
you need some help. And I just started crying my eyes out, you know, because she was right. What would you like for people to know uh, when someone is going through a mental health crisis? And is there anything that people can do if they're not MHFA trained? So that's a great question, and I'm really glad you asked it because so many people don't have the training for mental health first aid yet. That's why we have the New Mexico Crisis and Access Line and Peer-to-Peer Warm Line because sometimes what people need is just somebody to talk to, right? And if you're not trained in mental health first aid yet and you're not sure how to help somebody, that's the New Mexico Crisis and Access Line resource availability to have somebody to help you to help somebody else and guide you on how to help them. And you don't have to be in crisis to call our services. So the New Mexico Crisis and Access Line is geared to help somebody who's experienced crisis and either for the individual or for somebody who cares and wants to know how to help them. But we have the peer-to-peer warm line, which is open every day of the week from 3.30 to 11.30 every day. And that line offers the opportunity to talk to somebody who has been through some of the things that somebody else may have been experiencing. And they've found their recovery and they've built their resiliencies. And they are there to talk to you before you get in crisis, hopefully, by suggesting ways to think about, have you tried this or have you tried that? And you know who is there to help you out? Who's helped you in the past and building that support network and creating teams of people? And so if you don't know how to help somebody and you're not mental health first aid trained yet, then reach out to the resources that are in our communities in order to figure out ways to support that individual without causing any additional harm to them so as that you ensure that they know you care Mm. because I'm sure your mom really wanted to help you but maybe she'd never taken the mental health first aid course and she didn't know how to help you and a lot of people don't know how to help somebody that's experiencing a mental health crisis and we do the best that we can with the tools that we have, right? And mental health first aid is another one of those tools mm-hmm. to figure out how to help somebody that we care about or right. or that we see and we know and, and we want to extend our hand. Yeah. Is there any way people can find out more information uh, about mental health first aid? Yeah, so mental health first aid is a website that you can go to. And you can go to www.mentalhealthfirstaid.org in order to find out when more about the program, when classes are offered, because New Mexico actually has one of the highest rate of instructors in our community, which is awesome. It also speaks to how much there's a need to have it in our community. And you can find out more information about the program there, or you can find out information about when classes are, because they are offered all throughout the state. Could you tell us the number for the New Mexico Crisis and Access Line? Yes, it's one 855 662-7474. And if you're not in crisis and you need to somebody to talk to and you want to call the warm line, that number is 855-466-7100. And you can call either number and get to either a counselor or a peer support worker. Is there anything you'd like to add or like for people to know about mental health? Yeah, I'd just like people to remember that, again, mental health first aid allows us that opportunity for people like your mom and people like you and I that may not be um, mental health professionals out in the community, but care about the people 
that we're encountering, and it allows us the opportunity to reach out and say, I care, I'm here, I'm a part of your team, and I'd like to help. It only takes three and a half seconds to make a decision to hurt yourself, but I'd like to add that it also only takes three and a half seconds to make that decision to help somebody else, and it also only takes three and a half seconds to make the phone call to the New Mexico Crisis and Access Line because we're here to hear you. And that's what mental health first aid offers is the ability to help. And that's why I'm proud to work at the New Mexico Crisis and Access Line and be able to go out into communities and provide this program to people. Yeah, I think it's great that you, uh, the Crisis Line gives people the tools to help people. Being in that situation and having to talk to a friend that says, I'm not, I'm not worth it, I, I, I should kill myself, it's, it's a difficult place to be. And, you know, you do your best, but it would be nice to have a foundation and the tools to know how to maneuver through that situation. Very important work, especially in a state that is in a mental health crisis. So thank you. Uh, Appreciate you, Wendy. Thank you for inviting me here today. It's been great talking to you. For Generation Justice, this is Josh Horton. Wendy, I think that what you and your organization does is amazing. You have opened doors to people that thought there was no way out of their mental illness. And I do agree that people who suffer from mental illness don't feel like seeking help because of the whole stigma against it. Thank you so much, Wendy, for your work with the Crisis Line. It has helped me and my friends so much, and I can't imagine how many other people it has affected. The stigma against mental illness is so strong in our community right now. So much so that my friends don't want to seek help because they feel ashamed for their mental illness. Thank you for these resources that I and other people around me can use to help our families and ourselves. Time for some more music. This next song is called Demons by Imagine Dragons. When the days are cold and the cards all fold And the saints we see are all made of gold When your dreams all fail and the wounds we hail Are the worst of all and the bloods run stale I wanna hide the truth, I wanna shelter you But with the beast Welcome back to Generation Justice. Tonight we have heard from Adriel Orozco from the New Mexico Immigrant Law Center and Italia Aranda from the New Mexico Dream Team. We also got to hear an amazing interview with Wendy Leinbrink-Allison from the New Mexico Crisis and Access Line. Now let's join Joshua Horton and Kenny Alonso for a community calendar. Thank you, Edwin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's wonderful world of calendar. I'm Josh Horton. And I'm Kenya Alonso. Don't worry, folks. Summer is still going strong, and July is packed with events you surely won't want to miss. Like many of the people in our community and in our nation, I am sick and tired of the countless, senseless police murders targeted at African-American men just like me. The amount of injustice that occurs can leave us feeling hopeless and doubt that equity exists and that change will never come. But we have to continue the fight, and there is something we can do. Showing Up for Racial Justice, or SURGE, is a national network of organizations and individuals who hope to acquire unity on racial justice issues. Through your donations, you can support black-led organizations, the people who are on the ground and in the trenches fighting injustice. Those who are doing the heavy lifting. Support organizations like Dignity and Power Now, Baji, Black Alliance for Justice Immigration, Hands Up United, and many more. You can go to www.showingupforracialjustice.org and support by clicking donate. We can combat injustice, but only if we're together. 
To continue the fight here in Albuquerque, you can join the UNM SOM Institute for Ethics and UNM Black Health Resource Center for a dialogue about race. This will be an opportunity to engage in a confidential, non-blaming, honest dialogue about race. The meeting will take place at the UNM Institute for Ethics building this Tuesday, July 12th from 5 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. For more information, you can contact Ann Simpson at 505-272-5085. In light of the recent tragedies that have shocked our communities, UNM's Black Student Union is having a support group for any students who need to express or share their feelings. The support group would take place at the African American Services Building in Mesa Vista Hall, Monday, July 11th at 5 p.m. For more information, you can contact the organizers at 505-277-5645. Racial justice can be a hard topic to discuss sometimes. Josh, what are some other ways to honor the many lives that have been lost recently? Losing people in our communities is never easy. I do think a great way to honor those who we've lost is to celebrate their lives. Join the South Broadway Cultural Center for the third annual celebration of former Albuquerque native and world famous member of the modern jazz quartet, John Lewis. You can celebrate the life of one of the most influential jazz musicians on July 14th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. The night will include a visual presentation of his life and music, family members, and treasured memories. And an all-star cast of performances. For more information, you can contact Rene Rivieta Galfrey at renierivieta at cabq.gov or call at 505-848-1300. Kenya, strap on your hiking boots and douse yourself in bug spray because the Albuquerque Biopark is hosting a Bosque hike in the moonlight at Tingley Beach. July 12th, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., travel the Bosque wetlands and discover its active nightlife. Hoot for owls, look out for bats, and other animals that go bump in the night. The adventure awaits. For more information, contact ABQ Biopark at biopark at cabq.gov or call 505-848-7180. You know what I love just as much as a late night hike, Kenya? What's that? Art? Well, too bad for you because the Albuquerque Art Museum is having a half-day art camp for children 8 through 12 where they'll be learning how to make clay mosaics. Ooh, when is this? This will happen from July 12th to July 14th at 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. To learn more, you can contact Teresa Cedillo at tacedillo at cabq.gov or call at 505-764-6502. Now, we're going to share a very special weekly event, Standing in Light and Love, co-hosted by your very own Generation Justice. In collaboration with the Southwest Organizing Project and the Community Education of Traditional Medicine, Generation Justice invites you to address stress, loss, and trauma through prayer and meditation to combat issues with peace and love. Now, more than ever, in a time of hatred, violence, and tragedy that our own community has experienced within the past year, Coming together with love is essential to our own healing process. We hope that standing in light and love can promote the idea that peace is possible despite social, cultural, religious, spiritual, and political differences. Join us this Friday, July 15th, and every Friday at Teagway Park from 10.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. to stand in the light of love. For more information, you can contact Generation Justice directly at 505-277-1831 or email us at admin at generationjustice.org. Well, we hope you enjoy this week of calendar. Tune in next week for more current events. I'm Josh Horton. And I'm Kenya Alonso.
Now, back to our hosts, Edwin and Quetz. Thanks, Josh and Kenya. Now, on to our next song, Pal Norte by Calle 13. Veneno de serpiente Por el camino del viento Voy soplando aguardiente El día había comenzado entusiasmado y alegre Dice <risa> Pasaporte ¿A dónde va por ahí, Juan Hilario? Con esta noche tan fea Usted no se anima Mire cómo está el camino it is time to end another great show. We would like to thank Wendy Lang Brink Allison from the New Mexico Crisis and Access Line, Italia Aranda for the New Mexico Dream Team, and Adriel Orozco from the New Mexico Immigrant Law Center. We'd also like to thank our calendar hosts, Joshua Horton and Kenny Alonzo. Production assistance for this show came from George La Peña, Tamara Kolaki, Polly Denekla, Chris Pauline Mexica, Katery Zuni, Christina Rodriguez, Josh Horton, Edwin Rivera, and Roberto Rayel. Stay connected with us. Check out our website, generationjustice.org, where you can listen to our past radio programs, see music playlists, read our blogs, watch videos, and so much more. Our podcasts are available on iTunes, so be sure to subscribe. We're also active on social media, so be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the McCune Foundation. And of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. I'm Erwin Rivera. And I'm Kutzpalin Mexica. Coming up on KONM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned. And join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Remember, if you or someone you know needs someone to listen, call one 855 nm Here's some more music to end the night. See you next time. Thank <laughs> you.